All right. Next up for Canada Rocks, we saw Frontier in Ontario, and we have another Ontario-based story, which is Green Technology Metals, which was founded by uh, you know John Young, uh, who is ex-Pilbara, as well as Cam Henry of Primero, who has done most work in spodumene deposits globally. I think uh, Primero has probably been involved in virtually every project. That combination of background, I think, attracted Lithium Americas to become a, a 10% shareholder. And they Lithium Americas, which doesn't have any spodumene, but are have advertised you as their kind of spodumene vehicle, you know, in North America. And we have Katie LaChapelle, who's going to be doing the interviewing here. Katie covers Lithium Americas. Do you also cover green technology metals or just uh, as a, you know, subsur- or part of your lack coverage? We do out of Australia. So we're, we're very familiar with the story. Okay, great. And uh, it's a, currently 171 million market cap, a 67 cent price uh, what's your price target katie or canaccord's price um our current price target is a dollar 80 australian dollar 80 and that's covered by red spencer but given it's a proximity it's yeah 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 tim huff <laughs> with that i'm gonna let katie you know fire away or first luke why don't you just quickly introduce yourself and then katie can go into her questions yeah my name is luke cox i'm the ceo of green technology metals uh, my background's been production geology uh, and then moved into mine management. And more recently, CEO of GT1 and getting this project up and running in Ontario, Canada. Awesome. It's great to see you, Luke. It's great to see you, John. Um, I guess oh, we'll okay. just kick it off. So you've got two pretty aggressive drill programs ongoing in Ontario, both your your Seymour and your root projects. Um, can you give us the latest update in terms of what's going on for drilling plans and what you're targeting in terms of a potential total mineral resource, as well as um, when you think you're actually going to put a pin in it and when you're going to release something to the market. Yeah, absolutely. So really, we've got two projects on the go right now. So the flagship is Seymour. Now, Seymour is now developing really from an exploration play into a development uh, business. So we've got the, we've already released the 10 million tons at Seymour. That's sufficient to get the the uh, scoping study done. So we're looking to deliver a, a scoping study in uh, Canada. We call it a preliminary economic assessment, and we'll have that out at the end of the month. Now that uh, scoping study is a vertically integrated business. So that's taking spodumene, concentrating down to an SC 5.5, and then taking that to a hydroxide facility uh, in Thunder Bay. And then we'll have additional feed sources. So that way, that where the second project ties in, which is root. Now at root, we're just also about to deliver a mineral resource, uh, a maiden mineral resource at root. And that will also be at the end of this month. So for GT1, it's gonna be a very busy time for us. Uh, myself and John, John Young, we're actually in Thunder Bay right now. So we have our operations office in Thunder Bay and that's really our hub. Now, just to the north of Thunder Bay is where our projects are located. So we we went to site yesterday to the flagship Seymour. Um, now, one of the primary reasons uh, to going up to site was the Indigenous First Nations group, the primary uh, participants uh, are called White Sand. So we went up, we met the chief, we met the office and the councillors. Uh, and really to, to elaborate to the community up there that this is now becoming a development. 
So we're moving out of exploration, we're developing this project uh, and looking to get this into operation um, uh, later next year. So there's always that, that community piece. Um, we're actually gonna put an office up there in, in Armstrong. So the local community can come in, they can talk to members of GT1 and find out where the project's at. And it's really been transparent about what we're trying to achieve up there. Uh, because at the end of the day, you know, you have to have your, your partners and your community on board with the project. So this is a big piece for GT1 uh, and hence why we've been up there the last couple of days. So, yeah, it's full steam ahead for, for Seymour. <laughs> and, um, and, yeah, so over at Root, which is the second project, we still got the drill rig spinning there. We have the maiden resource. There's actually three lithium occurrences on that project. So we've got Macomb. Where the mineral resource that so that's just going to be a maiden one uh, and as we drill out the other areas which are called morrison and root bay there'll be additional resources so um yeah watch this space on these projects <laughs> <laughs> awesome it sounds like you're uh really looking to fast track project development going forward I, I would say one concern that we've always seen from investors is permitting timelines in ontario and canada and and Quebec uh, being sort of the primary example, historically being a bit longer than expected. What gives you comfort around your permitting timelines? What are you currently assuming in terms of permitting to be able to actually put shovels in the ground and start construction? Yeah, absolutely. So well, there's almost some different uh, permitting timelines between what you see in Quebec, what you see in Ontario, and then what you see in Manitoba. So one thing in Ontario is... It's a well-developed mining department. Um, George Perry uh, heads that one up. Uh, and because they, they've had over 100 years of mining with Sudbury, you know, they really have this process down pat. And, they, and there's clear timelines, there's clear hurdles and, and, and gates you need to open to get an operation up and running. But just recently uh, in Ontario, they're really forging ahead with fast-tracking critical minerals projects. So there's actually been a whole heap of news that came out just before PDAC on how you can fast track critical minerals projects. And they're talking about uh, having additional resources in the mines department to check the, the permitting process, to make sure you're on the right track, to guide you through, uh, obviously, approval to mine. So uh, one thing we've recently done is just deliver our project definition. So that's the official documentation that goes to the mines department. It, it's like a, a mini scoping study. And then from there, they they decipher, well, will this be a federal approval or will this be provincial? Now, one of the things you, you look at is the size of your operation. So we, we've kept within a bracket uh, that keeps us on provincial timelines, not federal. So we're, we're looking for provincial approval uh, and, and that's where we're at right now. So once you're on a provincial timeline, uh, things uh, move very quickly. You also, you get your indigenous indigenous and first nation engagement list so that's come in so hence why we was up at armstrong yesterday which is our primary uh, i'm reaching out to the community uh, i'm really uh, explaining what we're, go we're going to do there so these are all part of, of of how you get permitting through uh, and also with the community it's a journey with your community to teach them and show them what, what what's in this for the community you'll be working in their backyard you know, we're talking about jobs. We're look, talking about capital investment. Uh, uh, and up there in Armstrong, they're, they're very keen for this, but they, they want to be partnerships with us and we want to partner with them uh, and, and go together. Awesome. Um, one thing I'd like to touch on as well is infrastructure for your project. We've seen a lot of the projects around the James Bay area. We're familiar with that in Quebec. 
um, we've heard from some other projects in Ontario. So can you just speak briefly to um, the infrastructure that you have in Ontario and the proximity to your project? Oh, yeah. So, we, so if we take a, take a few steps back, when we originally looked at these projects, we said, look, we need projects that were in a, a stone's throw of a major city. So our major, major city is Thunder Bay, 200,000 people. Now this used to be an old paper mill industry. So right through Thunder Bay, there's power, which is hydro. So we've got the green tick of approval right there. There's numerous old paper, paper mill sites that are looking for redevelopment. So the local uh, government are saying, right, well, here's, here's over 50 sites that you can choose from to put a potential uh, converter facility. Uh, and these these are already brownfields, so we're not having to permit something um, that will take much longer because they're brownfields. They've already got sewerage. They've already got power. They've got rail lines. They've got roads all the way into these sites. So we're not having to build an infrastructure piece. And then you look at where the projects are located just north of Thunder Bay. They're all connected by all-weather roads. So we're not having to build roads. We're not having to build bridges. There's actually an airport. Um, 20 minutes, an all-weather airport from our site. So, so you know, we, we can, uh, for, an, for an emergency situation, you've got an airport right there, and sometimes you chopper things in and out. You, you know, you can bring staff in through the airport, but you can drive them up as well. So the infrastructure is already there, power as well, uh, and that also applies for the route project. So that's that's another thing. These, these become low capital cost uh, from an infrastructure perspective. Uh, and also having Armstrong right there as well. There's there's schools, police, ambulance service. So none of that you have to build. It's, it's already there. So, With respect to downstream processing, where are you expecting to, to locate that plant? Um, and then eventually North America, I think we are going to see cam production. So what are your thoughts on where a hub could develop in Ontario? Right. There's, there's a massive driving force right now in Ontario by the provincial government. Doug Ford and his team, they are driving hard to have a critical minerals, battery, EV, all in Ontario. So already, you know, you've got the OEMs building their plants. Uh, if you drew, drew a line between Toronto and Detroit, now in that sector, that's what, what, what we're calling the electric corridor. So in there, you've got the OEMs, you've got the Stellantis, you've got the Fords, you've got the General Motors. Now, there's a link with General Motors, obviously, with Lithium Americas Corp, GT1 and, and GM. Now, they're, they're building their plants. They're, and then also, you're seeing the battery manufacturers also building their, their plants in that area. So you've got the likes of LG. And then you've got the CAM manufacturers also building their plants in that area. So the likes of Umicore. And there's other players just recently, I think it was two days ago, VW said, right, you know, uh, Ontario have got the critical minerals. We're going to build a battery plant. We need we need feed. So let's go and build the, the batteries where the raw materials are. So there's this real big push uh, just outside Toronto. The area is called London, Windsor. Uh, if you have a look, they're all building their plants there. They're all screaming out for feed. So what GT1 is going to do is create a concentrate, convert that material in Thunder Bay, and get it down to, to these um, customers as soon as possible. Now, we've been talking to all of them. That, you know, Everyone in, in Ontario is talking. The government's jumping in with funding. There'll be additional equivalent IRAs in uh, Canada, which will be coming out shortly. Um, but yeah, they're very keen to support 
a converter in Ontario because that 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 closes the supply chain. Everything in Ontario from from rock to battery, all in Ontario, and that's, that's exactly what the government wants. And that's that's what GT One's trying to achieve, also. So all, every, all the pieces are there. We're just putting them together. Any thoughts on um, where the converter might be located? Yeah, so uh, we're pushing very hard. Um, we've got applications in right now. We've already picked up some land in Thunder Bay. We're doing due diligence on that land right now. Uh, and with the due diligence, you look at, okay, uh, power, you know, you start looking at what the facility will look like, the permitting time frame. So we're working through that right now. So fund, for us, GT1, Thunder Bay, uh, because... That everything that we need right there and even the workforce you know we're even talking to the university uh, uh looking to do a critical minerals school of excellence there we've already got the chair position set up because uh, we are going to need a workforce uh, a skilled workforce and that's happening across ontario as well and canada really building that workforce up for this uh electric uh ev uh, supply chain you reminded me just on the Lithium Americas connection, which I alluded to in the beginning, but they own 10% of you. I don't know if they have a board seat. What's the what's that relationship like? I mean, you mentioned GM, but you know, as I see it, you know, so far this is they've made minority investments in arena and other things and, and have since kind of sought to take them over, but they're not in hard rock. Like what do they bring to the table for you? Why you know, what is this collaboration beyond just an equity stake? Oh, yeah. So th this has gone way beyond the collaboration agreement now. So what we're, we're almost spearheading and looking at projects all across North America, so hard hard rock projects. So uh, our geologists, their geologists and all their team, uh, we, we collaborate on a weekly basis, looking at what the um, what, what does the, the playing field look like in Canada and North America to build a much bigger hard rock uh, supply chain. So we're looking at projects across uh, North America together. LAC has a lot to undertake, you know, this year with uh, splitting off the company in two. I guess there's Thacker Pass and and I guess you're now articulating that uh, there's a hard rock strategy beyond just Thacker Pass, you know, inside LAC. Great talking to you, Luke. I look forward to continuing watching the progress. Good luck, guys.